Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Duke Pod. Uh, it is a beautiful day outside. I think it's going to be one of the last lovely days of summer. Today being Monday, September the 28th. I'm continuing my trend of trying to make my podcast on Monday. Uh, it feels like I've done a lot once I finish them and uh, can move on. And you know what? I'm just in the office for a few hours this morning, uh, maybe until the afternoon, and I'm going to enjoy one of these last days of summer. Today being 26 degrees, I think tomorrow is going to be like 17, but I saw later in the week it's going to be like 12 degrees. Holy moly. Man, October is around the corner. I am pretty pumped up that my son has some Batman uh, <laughs> costumes that my wife bought. Uh, he's pretty into Batman and Superman and Spider-Man. So uh, typical boy stuff, which is fun. Um, and uh, it's actually it's actually really nice, I think, when I reflect on my weekend uh, to, to consider that this is probably one of the first weekends that I actually spent the whole weekend with the family and didn't work. How often does that happen? When I think about it, I think maybe it happened last before June. So that's been like four months where I've been working like a lot on the weekends. And that comes with the job. Like you have to work on the weekends. You have to do your best. Uh, to service the clients they're either available most of the time in the evenings or on the weekends uh, but man what a week it was honestly uh i had the kids for a while on friday i know my wife's been taking them a lot so bless her soul and i she, she had an opportunity to go with a friend i said yeah go for it so i took him for a few hours on friday it was uh it was super fun it became uh, pretty challenging, <laughs> as you'd expect, as a three-year-old is, is, you know, super energy. And then there's the one and a half month old, which is just uh, super delicate. And, uh, you know, you never know how that's going to turn out, especially on a bit of a longer walk. Uh, thank God she enjoys motion and she goes to sleep with that kind of stuff quite easily. Uh, but, yeah, it was great Friday. And then Saturday we took the kids to the zoo. Uh, there was actually uh, zoos in Niagara. So I've been there before, but I didn't go there during a time where the obstacle park was open. So it's basically like you put on a harness um, and then uh, this is my first time doing it on Saturday. So Oliver, my three year old, was uh, was OK to do it with us. You put on a harness and it's kind of like uh, you can take your harness anywhere through the obstacles, but it goes up to three stories high and you get to one side to the other either straight or diagonally and there's like ropes or there's like ledges which is like maybe a few inches wide and you got to go across it i'd say roughly 15 20 feet across uh at the maybe 20 feet is probably the furthest so it wasn't something like crazy advanced but it was pretty good it was pretty fun i was shocked to see oliver climb up to the highest level now he was definitely scared, especially with the t- with the tougher ones. And you know, I'm not gonna push my kids, but he actually went the one where it was like four inches uh, wide, and we had to walk sideways. And there's nothing to hold on to; you just have to keep walking sideways. Of course, you have your rope, which is attached to the uh, to you know your harness, which you know if you fall, it'll catch you, obviously, because this thing is basically meant for kids. Um, but on the third story, we actually got across. And that's more impressive because my one of my other friends, he's the father of his two kids, uh, one of them being a six-year-old son that him and my son really get along well. They, they play a lot. 
they're like two little madhouses <laughs> running around and just causing And like, yeah, sure. And I was like, Oliver, you want to play basketball? He said, yeah. He, and he actually played for like 30 minutes. We played. He, think about it. He's three. He doesn't know how to dribble. He cannot shoot the ball up to the rim. It's impossible. <laughs> It'll maybe go like three, four feet above his head if he throws it up. So our best play, two of our best plays, one was he run up to the net, throw it up three feet in the air, I catch it and I try to alley-oop it with a layup, which basically accommodated for 99% of her points, which are six. <laughs> and then uh, the other play that I came up with is that a lot of times my son guarded the nine-year-old, who obviously could get past him pretty easily, but I told him to put his hands sideways. So once in a while, he actually did get the ball, like he knocked it like just a little bit. Obviously, he's not going to do too much. But my best, our best play was when I said, Oliver, go hug him. And he went and hugged him, and he basically set a pick. So I just went around him and then went for the layup. And that was our play when things got tight. <laughs> yeah, so it was great. It was great to hang out with the family. And this kind of brings me to the episode I want to talk about, about working in real estate and uh, having a family. Because there are definitely moments that things become challenging, especially with your kids around. Uh, and you really need a little, little bit of support. So one of the things I'm going to tie into is the story we talked about last week where the Vietnamese family bought that really expensive home that was in the market for two years with the demanding sellers that I had to talk to every day, whether it was good news or bad news. Um, and there, a lot of the news was more neutral. Like these people came, this is the feedback. Um, you know, we have some other appointments booked on the weekend, this, that. But there weren't, we waited basically two months to find the really good news, which was, hey, these people are interested. They actually have a legitimate offer on your house. Sure, they offered low, but they were serious. And they came in and they uh, negotiated to a deal that they were happy with. And then the sellers were happy with, and it was a win-win situation. On this note, whenever I meet somebody, like I have, I'm the listing agent, I'm selling the house. These people called me because they wanted to see the house. They're interested in the house. I do not know who these buyers are. I, I, I meet them in person. Sure, I, maybe I know their names. Um, but at the beginning, I don't even see their ID. I, I don't know anything about their history. I don't know how much money they have. Have there been situations where this exact same thing happened and then the people were just like scammers or they were just <laughs> they were just like um, they just were out to lunch. They couldn't afford the house at all. Yeah, it has happened. I can think of two fun stories right off the bat. The first one being this guy called me. He wanted to look at my house. Then I showed him another house. And then he called me like the next day and he's like, 
or he even like before that was like hey i'm like from like egypt and i'm i know the prince in egypt and he wants to invest like millions of dollars here are you interested in buying us a crap load of real estate i was like uh okay this is starting to sound pretty sketchy already and the next day he calls me and he's like hey look i uh i misplaced my wallet can you lend me like 500 bucks and uh i'll give it back to you next week i was like no man i'm not gonna lend you i just met you why you what do you mean you misplaced your wallet and i'm like look i'll help you buy real estate but i'm sorry i'm not lending you money uh and then of course he never called me again <laughs> so so there are quite quite extremes or for example i remember meeting this couple they actually owned real estate in Mississauga. They owned a couple of houses that they built, uh, which is cool, unique homes. They were like really big bungalows. And they, I kept in touch with them when I met them. And they were like, hey, do you have any like four or five plexes, like uh, buildings that have like four or six or eight units? And I was like, yeah, I can find them for you, no problem. We went out a couple times and I didn't even realize that by the second time, I realized that they actually don't have any money. <laughs> they were like hey could you do you want to buy a house with us maybe you want to put some money down and i'm like what the heck and then what made it worse is that they were jehovah's witnesses which i knew about but they ne but they didn't say anything up until that point once they knew i was like no guys i'm not buying a house with you i thought you guys wanted a house so i just wasted all this time to pick you up drive you do this and now you're telling me that I should go to the Jehovah's Witness Church? Sorry, guys. I'll happily stay in touch with you, but we need to wait until you're either ready, serious to buy something, and you don't want to talk about becoming a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> so think about it. There's such crazy extremes when you meet people, and they may be interested in your house. These Vietnamese people even bought the house. But how do I know at any point, they're not going to just change their mind. And it's really not very difficult to get out of a deal in real estate as long as you have your conditions. And even if you don't bring the deposit check the next business day, the deal is void. The agreement of purchase sale, the APS is void. There's a 24 hour rule in there that doesn't, it's not on Sundays. Like if the banks are open on Saturdays, you got to get that check in that Saturday. If the deal's done on Saturday, yeah, you got until Monday, right? The next day that the banks are open. But that happens all the time. I had a condo earlier in the year and we we had a couple offers. The sellers wanted more money. You know, in that circumstance, I would say that, you know, they should have taken one of them. But anyways, a month went by. This uh, agent calls me to say, my clients love the, the condo and uh, here's a full price offer. I say, what? A full price offer? Okay, sure. Yeah, we'll take it. So we signed the deal. Next day, they call me. They say, oh, the buyers changed their mind. We're not even bringing the deposit check. Deposit check is important because it satisfies the agreement of purchase sale. It is a due diligence amount of money that is put down towards a sale. If someone doesn't close the deal, so if two months goes by and the closing date happens and they decide they don't close the deal, they will lose the deposit check. So typically that's four to five percent. Uh, so 5% of, let's say, a million dollar home is $50,000, right? So the Vietnamese people bought this custom home. I'm representing the sellers and the buyers now. Thousands of dollars of commission are on the line for me. However, we're still, we bought the house waiting for the deposit check. They're going to put $75,000. Tuesday rolls around the day they're supposed to, to give the deposit check. 
I have the kids in the evening. The the buyer tells me, yeah, though he's drop it off like five, six o'clock. And like six o'clock, seven o'clock rolls around. I, I'm like, hmm, I don't hear anything about the check. Because typically once they bring the certified check to my office, unless it's a wire transfer, which became pretty popular because of COVID, my office scans it and they email me right away. In the next five minutes of receiving, I say, hey, here's a copy of the receipt of the check. So now the house is officially sold conditional. You know, you still have the, the buyer still has the conditions of the financing and home inspection in this situation, but it's officially sold conditional. And I don't have any email like that. So I'm here playing with my kids in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh my goodness, thousands of dollars of commission are on the line. This guy's not even picking up my phone call. Is he ghosting me now? Did they change their mind? Did they see something else? Like granted guys, I've been doing this business for a while. <laughs> So these thoughts do sometimes creep into my mind. However, obviously I'm level-headed, right? Quite pretty level-headed at this point. I'm like, okay, like, uh, you know, this guy never picks up, but he's not picking up. I'm starting to get a little bit worried. 7.30 rolls around. I'm like, my office is closed at 8.30. If we don't get this check in the next... where like something eats away at you inside you're with your kids or your family or your friends you want to be relaxed you want to have a good time but that's what happens in real estate you're waiting for these deals to happen you're waiting for people to make enormous decisions that are sometimes you know you can influence them in some positive way but sometimes they're completely out of your control and I don't even know the buyers at any moment they could just back out and say Oh, the financing didn't work out. How am I supposed to know the financing didn't work out? They don't have to show me anything. They don't have to tell me. They call me and they say,
we need to eliminate that and not have any stress because I want to have a great time. I want to live life in a good way. I want to service all the clients. So at any moment, these Vietnamese people could just be like, yeah, we backed out, you know, we we're losing the financing. Now, I'm not as stressed as that Oakville situation I was talking about because that was just completely different. But still, get that deposit check late. Then Friday rolls around. We do the home inspection. Home inspections are like, uh, they're fine. I mean, it's good. I think everyone should have a home inspection. Sometimes they're not that big of a deal. But there are buyers they're happy but we're still waiting for the bank financing and i know i'm like okay so we're gonna have to wait for like four or five o'clock he said yep so this being friday my i go home it's late afternoon i take the kids my wife gets to go with her friends i'm playing with them you know You know how can you guarantee that the same people will hire the same agent back and that's one of the things you have to think about whenever you're in a circumstance where um, you know the house isn't selling or whatever you want to stay positive and you want to continue doing the things you're doing for the sellers
advertising, do it. And that's what happened. We finally got this offer done. Four, five, six o'clock last Friday. I'm waiting for the final thing. Seven o'clock rolls around. Okay, I'm like biting my teeth. I'm like, is this gonna happen or not? What if they just call me and they see another house and they boom, they back out and I'm out thousands, thousands of dollars in commission. Calls me, he says, hey, bank told me the deal is done. Close the deal. Woohoo! I think he did do a woohoo on the phone. That's how it tells you how motivated he was to buy the home, how much they wanted the house. I actually told me that they watched my YouTube video of the house like a hundred times. I've had that happen before. So if you guys do videos, make sure it's on all the platforms. You never know which one they want to watch, but definitely on YouTube. So it's easily accessible. They can watch as many times as they want, get really excited by it. And that one helped. They got the house. I was doing a woohoo. Got a drink going for Friday night. Even though I basically had the kids till like seven and then uh, my wife came home, but I had to have one of them and they weren't really going to sleep until like 10 that day. So that was a long day of just having the kids. Bless my wife for doing that a lot more than than I do because, um, of course, I still got to work. Uh, but wow, like whenever you mix family and business, you, you want to keep them separate, but don't you think they're pretty related? Like if you close a deal, you're going to be incredibly happy. Like you're going to be like, oh, great kids. Let's just have a blast. Or like they do something you don't like and you're like, ah, today's a great day. I'm not going to be be all worked up about that. It's fascinating how when you bring family, how many complications there are, but how many times something could affect your mood, which could affect how you deal with other people. So. Remember this story, that this was a good story. Even the sellers, once they closed the deal, we actually already found a new home. One thing I want to touch about that is that when the house took two months to sell, there comes a point where you're like, all right, we're just still too high on the price. And I found a house that was very comparable to ours. The outside didn't look as good, but the inside looked incredible and it had a ridiculously nice layout, like all open, you walk around, the kitchen is huge, it's in the middle of like a 14 foot island. The house is a flipper home, but these guys knew what they were doing. And I showed the client that home, I said, look at this home. They ended up getting 18 offers on the house. Now, once the client got over the fact that his house is better, quote unquote, and he walked back in his house, he realized that his house had a worse layout. Now we sold the house and looking at that other comparable helped us understand that the value of our house can't be that much more than that house the other comparable so he was able to rationalize and accept the better price that is very good price trust me it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars more than the next house ever sold in the street but i mean that's how crazy decked out the house was so he got a good price and then when we went to buy a home he when we saw a home that he really liked he remembered looking at the comparable I showed him that had 18 offers. And when we looked inside a home that he wants to renovate, he, we first started looking at the layout because you can renovate the kitchen, you can renovate the floors, you can renovate the walls, but you can't change the layout. You need to buy a house with a good layout that could be open or very functional. The other thing is that location. The house that he renovated and we just sold it was the nicest house on the street, hands down, like double the nicest of the next house. There weren't any renovated homes like that. And a lot of the homes looked like old, red, dirty bricks. Some of the neighbors had garbage at the front. Like it just was a tough sell. 
for people looking for a very renovated top of the line home. Now, when we bought this other home that we should be closing soon, it has a, not only a good layout, but every house on the street is a detached double car garage home in a court location. Um, and you can see that renovating this home on a much bigger lot is going to pay major dividends if you put that much effort into renovating the next home. And with that, keep it in mind, guys, when you're doing business with your family, make sure you stay positive, make sure you continue working hard and treat your family the right way. And your clients, you treat your clients the right way, right? Keep everyone happy, do the best you can, do your job and have fun every day you can. Holy cow, next week's October, guys. I got my Batman and Superman costume. Do you? <laughs> Over and out. Welcome back to the Duke Pod. See ya.